Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day that you made. We thank you for the light chapter 6. We thank you for the blessings that you have purchased for store upon us. God, we now have to endeavor to your word, open our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. So let us hear what you have to say as we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And we count it so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I'm sitting on some church steps right now because I was asking God, I was going to do it at home, but it's noisy. But I didn't think where I'm at would be too noisy either, but apparently it is. So it's got a lot of noise in the background. Please forgive me. But, I, but like I said, I'm sitting on some church steps because I was had a conversation earlier with someone and they gave me a, asked me a very provocative thought and a question. And I didn't have an answer. But I do have an answer. I didn't know how to give the answer. Because I even had to ask the question to God about it. And the question is, what do you do when you know what God called you to do and called you to be, but yet everything you're doing seems like to be a struggle? And the question really came about how long since I've pastored? And I said, it's been since my divorce, really. And I said, he ever thought about just getting retrained, getting re regrouped, and just sitting under somebody else? Because things have changed when it comes to leadership and pastoring. And even though God doesn't change, things change around you. And I thought about that because, like I said, I didn't have an answer. And then I, I began to ask God a question, God, how do you pastor and minister to people in these trying times, and especially when you call us to do something, but the more we try to do it, the worse things get for us? How do you keep the mind girded? Because everybody said, you know, I always got my mind stayed on Jesus. I, I don't care what's going on, my mind stayed on Jesus. And I wish we would stop telling that lie. And they understand what I'm saying. That is a big, bold faith life. We do not always have our minds straight on the word of God. We want to be, we desire to be, but that's not always the case. Because when you get hit upside your head, your mind does not go on the Lord Jesus. He's not actually the first person you call on all the time. And it's the truth. And there's nothing wrong with being honest about it. Because he desires us to be truth about everything we do. Whether it's in deed or in action, he should let it be true. So let's be real about this. So I asked God, I said, what do you do? He says, let me take you to some of my word about how to keep your mind in difficult times and how to stay true to what God's called you to do and not be sidetracked by any other negativity. Because now people are saying, now, oh, you said somebody just said to you was negative. No, it wasn't. Like I stated earlier, it was a very profound, provocative thought that I didn't have an answer to that right then, but I did have an answer. Understand what I'm saying to you today. There's times in your life you feel hard, you feel complicated, you feel discouraged, you feel in despair. But God has never left you down. And here, as I get into this text right now, because I'm getting ahead of myself, because I, I believe God, this is what he wants me to share with you right now. That is very important, is very profound, and you need to get this in your spirit. This is not to make you jump, shout, dance, or speak in tongues, but it's to get you to really have an open, true wholehearted conversation with God 
the scripture that he took me to, the first scripture, was in St. John, chapter 16, verse 33. St. John, chapter 16, verse 33, and it reads, I have said these things to you, that you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome this world. In other words, the word take heart on the translation in the Greek and the Hebrew, as mean be of good cheer. So your mind has to deal with your heart. And it's hard to keep your mind girded when you're going through. It's hard to keep your mind stay fast on him when you're having problems financially, mentally, emotionally, psychological. Ah, when your family is not where you want it to be. You desire your family, but they're doing everything contrary to what you believe God for. Talk to me, somebody. They're doing everything that you ask God to deliver them from, and it seems like there's no answer in your prayer. And you're going to get you're going to work and find out you don't have a job anymore. The money that you had saved up is all depleted now. So you're trying to trying to find a way to make ends meet, but it seems like there's no way. You're asking God, God, where are you going to help me? You promised me. Where are you going to give me that relief? Where are you in the midst of my stuff? How can I praise you? How can I preach and teach and sing the goodness of your glory when I'm going through? My mind is running here and there. It's going everywhere. Upset, but God, I'm trusting you to do what you said you would do. I believe you to do what you said you would do. But he's listen to what Jesus said when he told John to record this. Listen to it again. I said these things to you that you may have peace. Understand, Jesus knew what we were going to have to face in this pandemic. He knew that the famine was coming. He saw it and he gave us words of encouragement, words of hope, words of joy, words that will admonish our hearts in trying times when you didn't feel like praising God. And nobody can tell me that every day is a good day to give God a praise because many times you don't feel like it. Many times you are disgusted, you're frustrated, you're agitated. Many times you want to throw up your hands. Many times you just want to work away and say, I quit. This AI, why should I continue to do what you would call me to do, God? And you feel like you're not there. So Jesus said to you and to myself, I said these things unto you, that you may have peace. For in this world you shall have tribulations. But be of good courage and please take heart. I have overcome this world. And what Jesus is saying, the only way you're going to overcome this world is that you're going to have to have, learn how to have peace in the midst of everything. How are you going to overcome this world? You're going to have to have to trust God when you don't feel God. You're going to have to learn how to trust God when you cannot sense God. You're going to have to learn to trust God when you cannot touch God. Oh, yeah, you don't talk to me here now. You're going to have to be able to trust God when you don't feel the option of the anointing or the power of the Holy Ghost moving like you used to. You're going to have to believe God that I am doing what God you called me to do. And because he said, I understand what you're saying. See, I knew your back was going to be against the wall. I knew people was going to talk about you. Even the ones that say they're following you and they believe the way you believe, even they're questioning your leadership now. Because the things should be getting better, but instead they're getting worse. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to me. Thank you, Lord. He says, I will allow things to happen to cause you to lift up your hands and give me a praise. I allow things to happen to you to cause you to say, yes, Lord. 
Even though there is not a yes in your spirit, man, I cause and allow things to cause you to run closer to me. Matter of fact, I hear you, Isaiah. Isaiah, if you drive closer to God, he will drive closer to you. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name. Bless your holy name. He says, you got to understand this. What you're going through is part of the test. Can you still search for a place that the people can come together and worship me when you don't have the finances any longer? Can you still trust me to be your provider when people that say they follow you now are question the leadership that God has placed in your spirit, man, to do? Can you still follow me when nobody else want to follow you as you follow me? Can you still walk the walk? Can you still talk the talk? Can you still praise me? Even when you don't have a praise in your spirit. Blessed be the God. Matter of fact, somebody asked me just a couple of days ago. How is that you able to give a word of encouragement when you still need you need to be encouraged your own self? How can you lift other people up when you need to be lifted up? How can you pray for other people when you need to pray your own self? But how is that you can do all those things but you never ask anything for yourself? And my answer was simple. And I didn't have to think about it, contemplate it. It was easy. My job, no matter what I'm going through or how I feel, my job is to lift up the saints of God. My job is to pray for the saints of God. My job is to minister to you and give you a word of hope, inspiration, and courage. That's my job. And I live to do what my job requires of me. My job is to praise God no matter what. That's my job. It's not an obligation. I'm not forced into it. It's my job. It's my livelihood. That's who God called me. That's who God gave me. That's who God made me. And when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, I'm hoping I'm talking to somebody that can encourage your hearts today. No matter what it is, no matter what anybody else says, no matter how they look at it, no matter what they may think or have questions about, why God you allowing this to happen to them? If you call them to do this, how come they ain't flourishing? Why are they moving the way they're supposed to be? What's the problem? The problem is God's season, timing, and purpose. Yes, am I in the right season, time, and purpose? Yes. Then everything will fall into place when God says it'll fall into place. You keep doing digitally. When God tells you to speak, he tells you to move. You move. You, yes, we ask questions. Don't get it twisted. Yes, we ask questions because we want, we want to have answers before we do it. How are we going to do something before we even get there? That is not what God requires. He says to trust me. Matter of fact, we just talked about it last week. Let's, let, let me go back there for a minute because it's got to deal with the trust and the mindset. Your mind has to be able to trust God. Trust God in your mind. Trust God in your heart. Trust God in your spirit. Proverbs, tell him put in Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all the heart and lean not to thy own understanding. Verse 6, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I know it seems like a little bit of windy right now as I'm sitting at the church steps because I needed somewhere to do this because I'm being there by God just be out here to do this and so it's clean like noise in the background please forgive it but understand this is what God put me at right now because I need some clarity in my own self and God is speaking to me as I'm speaking to you let me go on because my time is about up let me go to another, another scripture that's going to help us understand what is important to trust God when you don't know that what's going on Romans 8 and 18 Paul said while he was incarcerated for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that, that is to be revealed to us. Oh, 
Yes, we, we can jump, we shout, we hoop, we holler. I mean, we can ride back on this scripture. But a lot of times we don't get this true meaning of the understanding of what Paul just said. He said, for I consider, I thought about it, contemplated. They want to have too much deliberation on it because if I'm more I think about it, I'm like, it's got to be something crazy here. I got to be crazy for Cocoa Puffs. I must be going over feet loops or something because this ain't making no sense. How can the things that I'm going through is not even to be considered in this present time for the glory that shall be real. How can what I'm going through is going to be glorified? Paul gave a good answer to the same question that you and I have answered. We have asked over again and we felt like we didn't get no answer, but we dance and we shout again. We speak in tongues over it. We pray, we hoop, and we holler. But Paul said, listen to my beloved brother and my sisters, for I consider that the suffering of this time is not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Understand what Paul said. Yes, you're suffering right now. What you're going through is suffering. It's part of the trials. It's part of the tribulations. It's part of the test. It's part of the process. But he said, here's your consolation. Even though you're going through all this, it's got nothing compared to the glory that God got in you. Everything you're facing, everything you've been through, all the talk bites, all the setbacks, all the heartaches, all the brokenness, all the breakdowns, all one throw in the towel, get your back against the wall, don't know how to crawl, crawl. But understand what I'm saying to you right now. This is where God wants you at. Because now you're vulnerable for God to step in and show up and show himself mighty. Now you're in a place where God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power, comprehend, excuse me, comprehend according to the power that works in us. Now God's like, you're in a place where people can't say it's you anymore. All they can see is me. I shall get the glory out of all of this. I will get the praise of all of this. I shall be lifted up, not just by you, but even for the ones that don't know me will say, his God lives. Her God lives. Because the reason I can say and testify his or her God lives is because I'm seeing the glory that's in their life right now. I'm seeing the anointing destroy yokes in their lives right now. I'm saying even though they don't have a way out, it's coming to fruition. I don't understand it. I can't believe it. But God is doing something mighty in their lives. And people are trying to grab a hold of it, trying to try it on the bandwagon. But it's not a bandwagon moment. It's not a feel-good moment. This is the moment of God. And he's doing what he said he would do. And God has been reminding me and putting in me and telling me that even though you are going through it, I have not forgotten my promise to you. I've been waiting on you now to say yes, Lord. I'm waiting on you to say yes, Lord. I'm waiting on you to say yes, Lord. I know you're hurting, but I'm still waiting on that yes, Lord. I know it seems like you're being tossed to and fro, but I'm still waiting on your yes, Lord. Even though you ain't sure how you're going to make it now. I'm still waiting on your yes, Lord. Even though you've been crying on the inside and laughing on the outside, God said, I'm still waiting on your yes, Lord. Even though the people have mocked you and said you need to sit down because you're not doing what God called you to do. God still said, I'm waiting on your yes, Lord. He said, because when you finally yield 
and give me that unconditional yes, Lord, then that's when my will will be fulfilled in you. Because you got to remember, no matter what it looks like, or how it seems, or how it feels, you have to trust God in all things. That's why Paul said, let me encourage your hearts again. Why do you think I wrote it in Philippians 4 and 13? That I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Meaning that it doesn't matter what everybody else says. You don't got a thousand no's. No thousand no's is no comparison to one God. Yes, Lord. No thousand no's don't apprehend or come up to. Yes, Lord. Because you got to understand that when you are doing what God said do, you have to understand that sometimes it don't always feel good. And sometimes it's hard for you to make it through. But I want you to take heart and be good courage. Don't worry about what the enemy is saying to you. But just saying, I believe God. Just hold on and believe God. Put your praise on and believe God. Let me move on as I close here. My time is about up. But James said it while you're going through. While it seems that all obscurity is in your view. He said, James 1 and 2 through 4. He said, Beloved my brethren, count it all joy. When these trials of our dearest temptations, just know that there's a testing of your faith. And they will produce steadfastness. And it has a full effect that you may be perfect and complete and nothing lacking. So that means that God has fulfilling his work in you. That means that it seems like it's over. But God told me to tell you it's not over. Porter is not over. It just begun. Because he that begun a good work in you shall perform it to his complete to that day. And it shall not return void. So hold on and rejoice. Just know that God has not forgotten about you. The promises that he promised you are yea and amen. Let me wrap this up as I close now. I just wanted to encourage your hearts for a few moments. But in Psalms 9, Psalms chapter 9, verse 9 and 10, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in the time of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, has not forsaken them. Understand that while you're going through this thing, hold on and give God your yes. Cry, but give God your yes. Walk slowly, but give God your yes. I know you want to throw your hands and say, screw it, but no. Instead of doing that, throw your hands and say, yes, Lord. No matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels, be of good courage and of good cheer. This is the word of the Lord concerning you and I. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Hallelujah.